Hey everybody, welcome back to the Coffee and Cream Podcast with the Dark of the Coffee. The boat of the brew. And that was bad for me. No, I'm kidding. But um <laughs> as you guys can see, we have a guest here. We have a male guest. We haven't had a male guest in a very long yes, yes. time. And it was much needed because yes. I know they were probably tired of us saying our things about Yeah, them. talk about fuck niggas and stuff. Yeah, they want to hear some <laughs> <laughs> strong uh, black man. And we got a, a professional yes. strong black man. Not just someone who wants to just talk talk. He's actually... He know he's talking he about. He know what he's talking about. <laughs> he work, yes. Yes, yes. So introduce yourself. So uh, my name is Mac. I am a clinically licensed black male therapist. Um, I am the owner of... Um, Therapy is for everyone counseling services that is based in Brooklyn, New York. I specifically work, I specialize in couples, but I exclusively work only with black couples and, and black men and black women. Um, my practice is dedicated to the uplifting and the unconditioning of the black experience. So my, my goal is to help um, black couples learn the skill sets, mindset, and techniques needed and necessary to sustain, obtain, and enhance Black love. I'm also the co-creator of the State of Black Love, which is a panel that is based in New York City, where we conduct a relationship panel along with coaching and couples workshop. Awesome. So are you married yourself or have any kids? I am engaged. Oh, congrats. Thank you, thank you. And God gifted me a beautiful, beautiful monster, a <laughs> beautiful daughter. A daughter. Why oh. you gotta be a monster? Yes, I am a girl dad. God knows exactly what he was doing <laughs> when he decided to gift me a daughter. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's going to be an exciting journey. It so is. Can you tell us a little bit about your personal journey, about how you became a therapist, what got you interested See, I'm never ready for, for, for that question. <laughs> I'm a therapist. But um, I would say, um, so back in high school, I was, I've always been curious on the human experience. Like, why do people do the things that they do, right? When you walk into a classroom, why do you select the seat that you choose to select? So I've always wanted to understand the way that people think and what has led to their behaviors. And also, I was trying to solve women. I was a mission to understand women in high school, right? So I was, so I was the guy that had the notebook and was come, coming up with pickup lines and was selling it to my other friends, right? When, when my friends were in a relationship, I was their go-to. I was saying, if they have a fight, I'm going to call Mac. He's going walk, to walk me through it. Or I like this girl. Let's plan a kind of action on how we can get notice, on how we can manage to take her out, right? So after high school, I, I went into um, my bachelor's and I did it in, psych in psychology. Again, enjoyed it. I was trying to understand people. I literally diagnosed everybody in my family. I was just walk <laughs> walking around like, hmm, that's a symptom. <laughs> hmm, this is why you do what you do. So um, after my, my bachelor's, I, I was deciding what I wanted to do. And I was working full-time at a bank, which I enjoyed. But I was just tired of waking up every day and going to the same place and doing the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. I could literally do it 
with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. So I applied to grad school two weeks after grad school started, right? So I called the school. I'm like, I sent my application like two months ago. I ain't hear nothing. I'm highly disappointed, blah, 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 blah. Again, reverse psychology. Like, oh, come in right now. I'm like, I'll be there in five minutes. Got there. Um, they're like, it's, it's interesting. We didn't know this, your application. I'm like, well, you guys are not make, making a good impression thus far, right? So I went through my interview process. I was accepted, and I started that day. Keep in mind, that was two weeks later right. um, as the semester started. So I was doing mental health counseling, which is more like um, becoming a therapist, addressing depression, anxiety, and, and, and things like that. Um, during my grad school experience, I met the beautiful woman that I am engaged to today. I call her my wife, even though she's not my wife, but I've been calling her my wife for a very long time. So to me, she, it's just a matter of signing a paper. Yeah. yeah. So while, while, while in my relationship, I was not noticing, I'm like, this is not going great. Like, I need to do better. Like, everything I'm doing is wrong or we're not communicating properly or things like that. So I'm asking for advice from, from my peers, those that, that are the same age as me, other women that were my friends, and those that I looked at as mentors. And they were giving me all of their advice, but none of it worked. Right. So I sat down with myself. I'm like, somebody must have gone through what I've gone through before. Right. And in the field of psychology, everything has already been researched. So I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, I'm gonna specialize in couples therapy. Like I want to understand better how to make relationship work. And I'm nosy. So I like to hear close talk and I love love. Right. I love seeing people happy. So I took an elective course for marriage and family. And from that class on, I was like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to do. So while in grad school, I managed to, to get two certifications in couples therapy outside, outside of grad school. So I was, um, I, I, I was exposed to Dr. John Gottman. To me, he's like the Michael Jordan of couples therapy. The reason why it's not based on opinions, it's not based on I did this, so you should do this, or it's not based on connection, chemistry, or none of that. All of these things that we can't define because then you, you, there's no definition for it. John Gottman conducted 40 years of, of research on couples, on what work and what didn't work, right? So I'm like, ooh, there's a science to it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So I, I go in there and I actually meet him in person, right? I stand right next to him. I shook his hand. I, I met his wife. I'm asking, all, where are the training? He got five minutes. I'm asked, I've got 10 questions. I'm like, so how, how did you do this? He, 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 he got the funding and he did this for 40 years. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to become a student of your work, right? I'm going to use my privilege as, as, as a black male therapist. I'm going to gain access to the work that you've already done your research that you've already publicized. I'm going to master it, and then I'm gonna bring it back to my people. During those trainings, I was the sole black individual in those rooms. Mm. There was about 200 to 300 therapists. I was the only black guy there, yeah. right? So this tells me um, a lot of people are getting this knowledge that has been 
proven to work, but none of us have access to it because we're not privy to it yet, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, okay, cool. This is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I did my, um, I, I finished my, my courses. I got my license in mental health counseling. So I can address, you know, yours, your standard mental health concerns, but my specialization is couples therapy. I can sit with a couple, listen them, listen to, to them argue, and within 30 seconds have the ability to assess their communication skills and be able to predict whether or not they will be divorced and how long it might take. Wow. Right? I can sit there and teach couples how to actually communicate. Now, you need to, you need to, we need to stop replying. To, uh, we need to start listening to, we need to stop listening to reply and listen to understand. That's one of the biggest myths of couples therapy. Mm-hmm. Biggest myths, that's nonsense. That's a lie, right? A lot of relationship talk nowadays do not take into control the human nature, like, relationships are easy you just need commitment Mm -hmm. trust and everything in between individuals like myself you and you we're we're not that easy we're very complicated so the idea of just saying you just need to listen to understand and not to reply makes it sound so simple but in reality it's not we're humans it's human nature to feel attacked when we're being attacked it's human nature to defend ourselves when our partners are using a specific language to communicate to us. It is the speaker's responsibility to communicate in a way that the receiver can understand and process, right? So I'm fluent in French. If I start speaking to you in French, but you only speak English, I can't blame you for not understanding me, right? I have to communicate to you in a way that you can understand. Right. So... I dedicated my the past five years of my career to working with black couples. I have a couples workshop that I that I obtained the cert the certification from the John Government Institute. That's being done across the world for between eight hundred to twelve hundred dollars. I only charge four hundred, mm-hmm. right? And it's dedicated to my people. My goal is to teach black couples how to nourish and sustain healthy relationships so that their children and the next generation can do better, right? When, when you're born into a two-parent household, you are less likely to end up in jail. You are less likely to do drugs. You are less likely to have financial issues, mental health issues, and et cetera. You're more likely to be emotionally intelligent. You're more likely to make better decisions, have better savings. A, a healthy relationship increases a man, man's lifespan for up to six years. For six years. So as a man, you're in a healthy relationship. It is proven that you could live up, up to six years more than how you would have lived. Right? So there is power in having a proper foundation. There is power in building the family standpoint of the black community so that harmony and that unity can continue to exist. And I've dedicated my life into doing that. So when you talk about um, communication and how to, you know, get through to your partner, 
do you um, necessarily believe in the five love languages or do you feel that that's just a, a thing? So the, the, the five love languages don't really deal with communication skills. It's, it's more like, this is what I need for me to feel love in my relationship. For example, right? In, 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 in my relationship, I need you to touch me and feed me. That's all I care about. You could buy me the brand, the newest car, the newest iPhone, the sneakers, clothes, bags. That means nothing to me whatsoever because mm-hmm. I can do that myself. But if you go all day without touching me, oh, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. Oh, you, oh, we need to talk, right? Um, for, for, for my fiance, it's quality time. It's receiving gifts. It's um, acts of service. So she has three love languages. I only have two. So for me to make her happy, I gotta hit all three. Right? <laughs> that's how. That's how. Um, what's I gotta use the right word because when she watched this, I don't want to get in trouble. That's how special she is. Okay. okay. Yeah. Wow, that was a good question. I didn't even think about that. Okay. Um. <laughs> You too really heavy. Broke it down there. I appreciate that. No, it's not too heavy. It's oh no, really yeah, no. This is great information. So when you see yourself working with black couples, what are ways that you kind of put your biases aside? Like especially being young, and I know sometimes it's like how how do you how did you differentiate like from always agreeing with one of like one person like the even if the wife is wrong or the or the husband's wrong like. <laughs> That's an excellent question. Excellent question. So when, when, when I do meet with couples, the first thing that I make clear is that I am not a referee. I am not to tell you who's right or who's wrong. I am not here to make decisions about your relationship for you. That's why communication skills are so important. Right? My goal is we, we're going to spend time assessing your skill sets. Right. And then I'm going to ask you to unlearn everything you learn through the media, through your friends, through etc. Then I'm going to teach you exactly what those skill sets are. Right. So if you know how to communicate, then you can start engaging in that conversation with your partner and actually reach a resolution. A therapist should never be making a decision for you. Also, in an argument, both, both people are right. There's nobody that's wrong. Okay. We spend so much time trying to, to determine who's right, who's right or wrong, right? The key is, is realizing that your experience is right and your experience is also right. The goal is for me to understand your experience, not agree with it, right? So from your point of view, I may have done these things that made you react in a certain manner. Right. But in my point of view, I have a different vision. So your vision is still right. And my vision is also right. However, I can understand how what I can understand how your perception made you feel. Mm -hmm. And I can identify with that. And you can do the same to me. If we spend our time trying to say, no, you need to agree with my perception then we will never reach a resolution. Mm-hmm. The reason why couples argue so much is because they're trying to get you to agree to their experience versus their understanding. Also, couples argue about the same thing 85% of the time. It's the same thing. Right? 
Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that you guys have been in relationships or in or in relationship currently. Been in relationships. Been in relationships. Okay, right. Now thinking back, did you not really argue about the same thing over and over and over again? Yeah, you did a lot. Now I'm I'm going to ask you a question. What percentage of differences do you think that a couple needs to solve in order to be happy? Um, I'm gonna say sixty percent. Need to solve in order to be happy. Okay. Uh, Talk to me. Talk to me, Ace. I'm a, I mean. Talk to me, coffee. I'm, I'm a, <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me. <laughs> I'm gonna say maybe. I'm gonna say like fifty percent. It's like high. Like I say fifty percent. I would say fifty percent. So you're saying that, yeah. A couple needs only solve either fifty or sixty percent of their issues to be happy. Yeah, because some issues aren't even aren't even an issue. It's like you can just be irritated by something, and you can it causes an issue. And it's like was not it really was never an issue to begin with. Because I've done that before. I've caused an issue about something that they did, and I didn't like it, and it became a bigger issue. So now it's this when it really was just this. And you just wasn't listening or understanding, or I didn't get my way, so now it's a problem. <laughs> okay, so the truth is, right? Mm-hmm. A couple needs to only solve thirty-one percent of their issues. In I was closest. Thirty-one percent. The reason why is because only third, only thirty-one percent can be solved. The remaining sixty-nine percent just need to be managed. For example, we can solve what, what, what or not um, of. We can solve where we're going on vacation. We can solve what we're going to eat for dinner. We, we can solve, um, um, yeah, just, just the basic things. Things that we'll never be able, able to solve or things that are ingrained in us. If I'm an outgoing person and you're an introvert, we'll never solve that. If I'm a cat person, you're a dog person, we'll never solve that. If you like to save, and I like to go to Marshalls and ball out, we will never solve that, right? But if we know how to communicate, we can sit down and have a conversation and reach an understanding, right? We're not going to solve it, but we can manage it by having an understanding or an agreement. The reason why a lot of couples are unhappy is because they're arguing about that. They're trying to solve things that are not meant to be solved, Right. If you're a neat person and he's a dirty person, you will never solve that. If he's friendly and you're not, you will never solve that. If you like to spend money and he likes to save, you will never solve that because that's who they are. That's their personality trait. What you need to do is to start having conversation around it and reach a compromise that is beneficial to both parties. I just told somebody this the other day. Yeah, I have a uh, friend, and he always Bert, talk he, to me. Let me know. And he <laughs> always leaves the sun visor down in my car, and I always put it back up. And I told, and I literally told him last week. I said, "You know what? This is something that you're gonna do for the rest of your life, and the, whoever you with is gonna have to accept that you just gonna leave the visor down, like." And it and it and for the first, I'm gonna say like month. It did drive me crazy, but then I had to take a step back and say, "Okay, cartel." This is just something that he's going to do. Is it a deal breaker or is it something that you're going to get used to? So now I just, when I get in my car, I automatically just slam the visor up because I know you're not going to close it, but I got it. There you go, right? You learn. 
But I have to learn that. But I have to learn that. Yeah, that's hard. That's really hard to accept. Um, um, you to I guess accept things that people are not going to change when you feel like it's so simple. Because I'm like, dude, when you're done looking at yourself in the mirror or fixing your face or whatever you're doing, close it. Like you know what I'm saying. But for him, it's like, oh, I, I you get it. Not thinking car. about that. It's, yeah, when I get his car, his visors are down. So I'm like, God damn, but these are little things that would bother cartel and not necessarily him. So I had to say, you know, am I going to argue with you every time I get in my car about my visors? Or am I just going to start putting them bitches up myself? Because at this point, it's always an argument. So uh, I, I I just did a session with, with, with a couple in which the male is very outgoing, right? So they went to a party and... So she's, he's outgoing and she's an introvert, right? So, the, so they go to a party and he just, once he got into the party, he just started talking to different people, saying hi to everybody. While she, she felt like she was left behind. She was there and she didn't know as many people and she didn't feel comfortable being as outgoing as he is. So when they got home, they had a fight. Like, you don't care about me. You, you left me. You didn't even check on me. And he's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm just saying hi to my friends. We're at a party. Like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to sit there and babysit you? Right? So they argued all week and did not speak. So part, part of my session is saying, you know what? Y'all both right. She did feel like you left her behind and you didn't care for her. And he does feel like he, you're a grown person and he shouldn't have to babysit you and he's allowed to go say hi to his friends. Right. So if you both understand that and agree. So now the conversation needs to be is next time we go to a party, how can you make me feel more comfortable and part of your world? And also, how can I still be social, but not feel like I'm babysitting? you, Right. So the agreement that they come up with is that when they go to a party, which they're going to next week, is that in the first 10 minutes, she wants him to remain with her so she can get acclimated to the space, mm-hmm. right? And then he can go and talk to his friends, but to also re- remember to, to come back and check in with her to, to see how she's doing, to also hold her hand and partake in couples conversation as well. So right now they reached an agreement that may or may not work for them, Right. So they they going out next week and they're going to try it. Mm-hmm. And then the conversation is going to be, okay, so what worked and what didn't work and what do we need to be to? Mm-hmm. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, I got a question though, because um, how do you- coffee. <laughs> when you have people, um, when you get couples that seek therapy- You were right the first time. I'm coffee, she cream. Yeah, you, you were right. right. You were right the first time, yeah. I'm both. <laughs> Whatever, girl. Anyway. So it was based on personality? Yeah, I guess. It was funny. When we did it, we didn't do it's it like really that. It's not really based on personality. It's yeah. the whole thing, but just, I'm coffee. Because people would assume that I'm coffee, just cream, because the complexion, but right. we just kind of like, nope, want to trick people. Gotcha. <laughs> want to trick people. Well, I'd like to say that I was right. I you guess. were right. No, you were right. That is very true. I'm just saying. I'm the first guest to ever get it right. Just saying. All right, you got it right based on our personality because she's bitch. Anyway, um, so the question I wanted to ask is do you when you get couples um come to you for therapy and you have one person that really doesn't want to be there, 
Like, That's how, really female. Is it really the... Oh. So you have you ever had a, a woman with I know someone that uh, that she didn't want to be there or as much she doesn't want to be there. She wasn't really That's taking from these the sessions and the guy was really like taking from it, wanting to get better and was applying what they um was applying what they learned and she wasn't. She was checked out. Oh. Right. So part so part of the assessment that, that I do is finding out if this is your last attempt to fix your relationship. Mm-hmm. A lot of couples, right? So the stat is couples wait six years too late to engage in couples therapy. Okay. Right. So so a lot of couples will will come to therapy and that's their last ditch effort. Mm. So part 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 of my screening is asking you if that's the case. Have you already contacted a lawyer? Do you already have another relationship? Is this your last effort? Because if that's the case, then you are not dedicated to the process. You are not committed to the process, right? So instead of me taking your money, we can act, actually sit and talk about maybe dissolving this relationship in a fair, respectable, and therapeutic manner, especially if there are children involved, right? But usually the couples that, that, that I get, they are still committed to the relationship. I would say 90% of the time, it's the woman that will initiate the contact, that will contact me via my website and via DM, mm-hmm. and will schedule the session. Because most males, they're, the, the idea of going to therapy and talk, talking about their feelings really does not sit well with them, right? Mm-hmm. However, by the third session, guess who's the first one to cry? Did he cry? Why did he cry? Like, she doesn't listen to me. <laughs> so, which amazed me, by the third session, the males are usually the first one to cry. By session three, they start crying. Oh, my goodness. Which, which tells you that they've been holding on to so much and did not have the space to either express it or didn't have someone to either understand what they were going through. Boom, and then that's our segue into the brew <laughs> because that's that that's understandable. I can see that. Right. So, right here, this is the brew. This is the brew, everybody. You say drink coffee. I'll drink coffee. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee, please. I was wondering if I might trouble you for a cup of strong black coffee. <clears throat> Damn good coffee and hot. Wait a minute. Jay Cooper loves coffee. You know. This is, excuse me, a damn fine cup of coffee. We're going to need some more coffee. When you see yourself working with black males, what are, um, of course, not giving out all of your amazing work, but what are your tips? Like, how, how do you feel like you're getting through to black men? Because... That's the hardest thing to do is get a black man to just step in a therapist's office and actually receive what's going on. Well, so if 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 we're being honest, right? Histor- historically speaking, therapy and psychology has not been beneficial to black men, right? For years, psychology they took black men and chained them and was studying them and was trying all of these things on them, right? Psychology was was not created by us. Right, it, it was created by our oppressors, if we're being honest. Yeah, and at times, the way honest. 
Correct. They will use that knowledge and do testing or just use the knowledge period to kind of um, con- continue the oppression of the black community, which is still being done. ADHD, right? Um, I believe one of three black boys is diagnosed with ADHD and is receiving level three drugs, which is equivalent to cocaine effects on the brain. Right. So the, the, the idea of black of black men going going to therapy is not normalized. But now I feel like that is shi- that is shifting. Right. I say about 40 percent of my caseload is black men and 60 percent is black women and black couples. Right. So black men are, are, are more willing to go to therapy now. However, black men are the least understood when it comes to psychology. We always hear black men don't want to talk. They they don't want to express their feelings, and they're not in touch with with their emotions. Nobody ever explained why, right? We keep saying, "Well, we need to talk more. We need to express our our feelings more." If it was that simple, would wouldn't we just do that? Right. Biologically speaking, men and women are inherently different. Mm-hmm. Women have the hormone estrogen. Male have the hormone testosterone, right? Um, one one of the effects of testosterone it's it's mainly based on the concept of survival of the fittest, right? Where men hide their emotions in order to to survive in today's world. If you think back to high school. The, the male that was in touch with their emotions, that was saying how, how, how they were feeling and that were crying, they were oppressed, they were targeted, and they were bullied in school, mm-hmm. right? So the one that is more angry and is more volatile is the one that was on top of the food chain. Women want a man that can defend them, correct? Mm-hmm. Women want a man that can lead, correct? Women want a man that that will be at, at the top of of their career, correct? All of that require them not to pay too much attention to their emotions. Right? If 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 your man went to work and he had an issue with his boss and he came home crying for the rest of the week, at some point you're gonna say, no, nah, I need you to man up and figure it out. <laughs> Right, so like we're giving two two different messages to men. At first, you're saying no, I I need you to man up, which means be the leader that you are, engage in your survival mindset that I know you can get into. But at the same time, I want emotions as well. Right, so um, a a a lot of people would say that men are very angry. That's true. Why? Because the part of the brain that controls anger in a man is a lot smaller than the one that controls anger in a woman. So a woman is, is more able to manage her anger compared to men, right? Also, throughout, his, throughout the time they are born to, to the point that they, they are 30 and 40, they, they are learning that in order for me to survive and reach the goals that I need to reach, I need to be on top of my game. I need to be on top of the food chain. And that requires me to be macho, 
versus me to be in touch with my emotions. Mm-hmm. It's not that men are not able to express their 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 emotions, that men are not primed to get in touch with their emotions. So now when we get into a relationship and you're asking us, how are you feeling? What's going on? How you feel? We're like, what is this? Like that's that's different. Now you're asking me to unlearn everything that I've learned throughout these years and to offer you a different part of myself that I haven't experienced yet, right? Which is why it's very crucial to have a safe space for male and also learning how to ask certain questions. Don't say how you feel because you're gonna get I'm good, mm-hmm. right? Is what 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 passion project are you working on? Or is give is giving them a chart of of emotions and asking which one you identify with at this current time, because they're not aware of what emotions are. Anger is not an emotion, but they're not aware of that. Mm-hmm. So part so in cup couples therapy and we're and when we're talking about communication skills, right? The way you start a conversation is exactly how the conversation is going to end 96% of the time. Meaning if 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 me and coffee are in are are in a relationship and we're arguing and I come to and I say you're selfish, you don't care about me, you only care about you only care about your visor, you don't really care about me, right? <laughs> it's human nature for her to defend herself because I just attacked her. So me talking like this is me walking up to her and punching her in the face. Mm-hmm. It's human nature for her to punch me back or to defend herself, mm-hmm. right? So now I'm asking the men, you can't do that. You can't attack her like that. You can't use that, that language. I'm also asked, telling the woman, hmm, that was horrible. And I'm honest, like my personality comes, I'm like, that was horrible, <laughs> horrible. We don't talk like that, right? And now I'm, I'm, I'm giving them a list of, of emotions and they're reading it and they're picking exactly what they're feeling. I feel minimized when we don't spend enough time together because, because, um, because you are focused on other things, right? I feel minimized when I'm being yelled at for not pulling the visor down. I feel like I don't matter when when we go all day without talking to each other right that's a different language that's a different understanding that that's a different com- com- communication mm-hmm. so by me identifying my emotions and tell, telling you how i feel about it then you can respond to my emotions because i'm not attacking you i'm shedding light into the behavior and how the behavior is making me feel right so a male that is looking at all of these emotions that they've, they have the language or the vocabulary to express and that they're able to do it. It's mind boggling, right? It's very emotional. For the first time ever, they are able to express themselves accordingly, right? And if you don't respond properly back to them, I interrupt you again and we walk through on how to validate a person when they express their emotions to you. Would you go? <laughs> you okay. Are they are. Her wheels are turning. Go ahead, girl. So, 
okay okay let me let me think about it so as a as a black woman it's already yeah. difficult in the world you know i think that it's always that divide that divide in the middle like black women black men but i feel like we all like go through things that make us equal like we all go through this shit that make our oppression as equal to each other but as a black woman trying to a black women trying to go through get um get into relationships how are what are proper channels to communicate with black men because i because what you're saying i I definitely understand nevertheless the people that we've run into they don't know how to communicate or express how they feel and i don't think that they i don't think that they can but like you said it's something that you're taught to just hold on to everything so when you meet someone and um the first thing that some guys do say is you know i do want to learn how to communicate and as women i know we can communicate better so what are proper channels from what I've seen, I can express myself better than the man. How you feel? Yeah. And I'm keeping it real, That's or true. I'm keeping a hundred, and I'm just being honest. That's not proper communication skills. So there's and we're not talking about those though. We're legit talking about people that can we yeah that can properly tell you like this is how I'm feeling. This is why it made me upset. And I'm not saying that yeah. I'm not saying like no no. I'm I'm legit talking about a woman who can properly communicate with someone. What are her what are things that she should know to help her man communicate better with her as well? Gotcha. Okay. So let 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 me ask you a question. Um, do you drive? Yes. Um, were you born knowing how to drive? No. no. What did you do? Learned how to drive. Correct. Right. Were you born knowing how to be in a healthy relationship? Mm-mm. What should you do? Learned a little bit, you know. Co- correct. Right. Okay. So <laughs> I I always say play offense and not defense. Don't come to therapy when it's too late. If you found you find someone that you actually want to build with, go to therapy instantly. Mm. With or them go, or by yourself? With them. Because okay. the, goal, the goal is to make the relationship work, right? So here's a problem with the self, self-help self culture, which is very big now due to social media. Everybody's an expert. Everybody's this, everybody's that, right? It's all about self-care, self-fulfillment. Um, self understandings, self healing, and self discipline. So we're overvaluing the self versus valuing the unit, right? This idea that you you you're supposed to do all of your work being single before you get in into a relationship does not make sense. A relationship is going to show you parts of yourself that you never knew. Right, right, right. right. A, a relationship is going to expose the things that you actually need to work on, right? Because we are social beings, mm-hmm. right? So I always say, if there's someone that you want to build with, if there's someone that you want a future with, go to couple, go to couples therapy before you even get married. There's mm-hmm. premarital counseling, right? Go there and learn how to communicate, how to have conflict man- management, how to build a friendship to strengthen the intimacy all of these things okay so i was definitely that was one of my questions on my list well on my thing was um talking about going to therapy couple couples for sure but people in general like going to therapy even before there's a problem because we had a um 
um, some friends of ours were on our uh, podcast before who are married and they went to therapy, of course, before like they just had problems. I think they went to therapy before they got married. They were married for, I think, five years now or something like yeah. that. And they kind of went back to therapy. And she had said that at first the wife was actually kind of reserved about going, but she had gave some guidelines on to why, you know, if we're going to go, this is what I need. But they went just because they were saying, like, I want to just make sure, you know, we're still growing and learning each other. I don't want to do something to trigger you. I want to make sure that, you know, we know how to talk to each other. I know how to deal with whatever you got going on. And then right. another thing I was going to ask is, like, um, right now that everyone's been watching Girlfriends and Joan and Tony, mm-hmm. how they had their issues. You said you love that show? I love girl shows, man. Yeah. Love shows. <laughs> Relationship shows, love shows, that's my thing. That's my thing, okay. But yeah. how they had went to therapy, kind of, they, I think they had went to a couple sessions together. Is that a thing? Like, if if me and um, Cartel was having issues, that like we should go to therapy together, not, like, separately if we're... Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. So... In couples therapy or friendship therapy or fam- family therapy, the reason why um, the issues are happening is, is, is because of your personal things that are showing up in the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So in couples therapy, we get to address what's happening in the relationship in relation to the individual, right? So you're kind of doing both sides of the work, the individual work and the couple's work. Right. Mm-hmm. So a couple, um, let's let's say so someone that, that had a traumatic event, right? And they're in, in a relationship and it's negatively impacting their relationship, right? They 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 have the right to go to, to individual therapy, right? But you could also go to couples therapy instead, where we can address the trauma and identify how it's affecting the relationship and how to correct that. Mm-hmm. Right. So too often we're we're pushing for individual therapy and 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 it does make sense like we should always have someone to talk to but when you're in a relationship to me it's it should be skill based it's learning how to communicate create fondness learning how to have proper conflict management having the proper friendship and increasing the intimacy so once you learn all of these things your relationship will, will excel nothing that shows up in the relationship, you will be able to address it and deal with it and agree on how to, to, to move forward. Girl. You want a therapy now because you know. <laughs> we argue all the time. We don't argue all the time. We're, we don't argue all the time. We, If anything, she gives me to talk a lot more than what I want to at times. Good. Annoying. No, that was great. Cause she always wants to have a. She calls it. What you call it? A a, a real nigga moment. Is that her thing? And tells her I'm something wrong, and she wants to talk. But and that's because we're two different people. So for me, again, I like to express myself. I'm gonna tell you what's wrong with me. Why I feel this way. Why you make, give me time to just why be you mad make for me? A why you made me feel this way? And how we can address the issue? And I want you to reciprocate and tell me how I made you feel, so then we can solve the issue. Can we talk tomorrow. I think I talk today. Yeah. See, that does make sense, but is that practical? So when 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 coffee is having a real nigga moment, which <laughs> right, do you do you feel attacked? No, because she comes in a, from a place of like, hey, no, no, this bothered no, no, me. 
based on the language that she used, do you feel attacked? I know, I don't, I don't. I don't feel attacked. I don't. Do you, do you feel like you have to defend yourself? Um, in, in, the the in the beginning, in the, when it first started happening, yes. Because I didn't know, like, well, why Is did you she say judging anything? Me? Yeah, like, why did you say anything then? Like, why uh-huh. wait until, why, why did you wait a couple days to say something if I did something that bothered you? Okay. So I kind of felt like, okay, we, role play. Huh. Hmm? we do a role play of a real nigga moment that Coffee wants to have with Cream. Mac, you, you want to do a role play like right now? Correct. So I want you, so part, the first session that I do is I ask my couple to reenact their last argument for 10 minutes. Right? Okay. So we don't got 10 minutes. Right. right? But I want Coffee to start the real nigga moment. And you guys, I I, I want to see what what what, what was the last communication time? is, right? The last time y'all y'all argued. I was using one when we went to the bar that one time when I fucked about your hair. No, the most recent one. Okay. Okay. Really. And mind you, we're sometimes in the car when this happens. Yeah. So I okay. could. Okay. Okay. Three. One, two, three, go. Okay. So can we have a real nigga moment? Oh my god. Yeah, what what I do now? What happened? Okay, like, what's up? <laughs> so remember when we was at the bar uh-huh. and Mike was with us and we were sitting down mm-hmm. and then I don't feel like you listening because you're on your phone. I'm listening, girl. I'm driving. I'm on the phone. Go ahead. But anyways, you made a comment about my hair mm-hmm. and we can play like that when it's just me and you, but it was somebody that I like right there and you embarrassed me and you know how I feel oh, when I goodness. get embarrassed and I can't believe you said that. Oh, I didn't think you was like offense to that because we all friends. And I just, but you know what? Y'all are dating now, ain't y'all? Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that at the time. I just thought that, you know, it was funny. Like, he kind of laughed, you laughed. Because it, it was just an came embarrassment out. laugh. It was embarrassing. You was embarrassed? I was embarrassed. Well, you sure were her like this. <laughs> okay, pause. That was excellent. That was excellent. <laughs> All right, so I'm assuming friendship arguments may look different than relationship arguments, right? Because yeah. you, you did use some words like, so in an argument, you should never use three words, right? Mm-hmm. You, always, and never. Mm-hmm. The minute you say you did this, mm-hmm. or you are this, or you never, you never, you always, those are fighting words, mm-hmm. right? But the way that she did, the, the way that coffee did it, mm-hmm. it did not. She did not blame you nor attack you. She mm-hmm. basically said you did this behavior. She didn't say, "Uh, you attacked me," or you, or you, or you purpose. Yeah. So what? That was that was excellent. She Good attacked job. me once. We were like young. We were in high school. No, I never attacked and her. It was. I'm gonna but tell you moment. Let me see what. Because you are about let to talk about this, this shit I'm that happened in high school. Moment. You don't care about simple. that. This is a grown man okay. high school shit. But let me tell you, like, so, she attacked. Okay. I have a degree in social work, so that's why sometimes I try to pretend like I know what I'm doing and use my degree. But I'm like laying off girlfriends, <laughs> so I usually don't really use my degree. I just got you a couple. You do use your degree. <laughs> Okay. I got a couple. Girl. No. So I'll be trying to use them a little bit to communicate better with people, but it works. You like Mike, right? Huh? You 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 like Mike? So so can can we talk about some 
dating tips. Yes, we can because we are here single and terrible and dating is trash. You should yeah. be happy you're getting married. Um, <laughs> dating is trash in Cleveland and not just on period. I, don't I care think everyone says it's, it's trash everywhere. I, I felt like dating for women was awesome. Is, for women it is because the dating world was created for men by men. Right? It was never created to empower women. It was created to empower males. Right? Do tell. So what women have to learn is ways to start taking the power back, right? Most women wait to be chosen. Or right? Women wait to be chosen. And guys are the chooser. Right. So when that happens is you end up in a relationship with, with whichever guy chose you, right? And, and you feel accomplished for that because you were chosen. But the guy still has all the power and he made his choice. What women need to do is the opposite. It's to stop being chosen and start being the chooser. Right? I hear a lot of men say, listen, I date many, many women and then I make the best choice for me. But women, you guys do not do that. Right? You probably date one person or two person and then make, make a choice from that that gives you 50% chance of choosing the wrong person. Instead, you should widen your pool of dates. You should date as much as possible, right? Think of dating as an interview. Before any company hires someone, they interview a number of people, and then they choose the best candidate, right? This first interview, second, third, or whatever they, they determine that they need to make a decision. Mm-hmm. women need to, to adapt the same mindset. I say, go on dates with whoever. Talk to them. See what they have to offer. Then let's say you're, you're dating 10 guys, right? I said dating, not sleeping with, because the minute I said 10 guys, most of them are like, oh my God. Well, we know what dating means. I never said that, right? <laughs> and again, your decision should not be based on society's um, definition of you. You're a grown-ass woman. You do as you please, right? So if, if you start with 10 guys, then you bring that to seven, then you bring that to five, then three. Then from the three, you make your final two, and then you choose your final one. You are more likely to choose the right guy for you if you do it this way, right? So basically have a lifelong um, cuffing season, you're trying to say. Okay. Correct. Because... Because this person is going to have access to your heart, your emotions, and your body. That's very precious. So you want whoever that has access to that is someone that you feel like deserve it or has, has earned it. If you're, if you're dating two guys, right, and you start seeing red flags, you're more, you more likely to ignore those red flags because you have no, no other option. You're too attached, right? If you're dating 10 guys and you start seeing some, some red flags, you can easily let them go because you have others, right? Again, <laughs> human needs social interaction, right? So the fact that you have other choices, you are more than likely to let go of the choices that are non-beneficial to you. Okay, well, let me ask you this question because I <laughs> agree with everything that you're saying. I agree that women should date, date, date. It just seems as if when a woman is out here dating and, you know, not necessarily saying she's sleeping with all these dudes, but she's dating and seeing multiple men, 
men are looking at it as like it's an issue. Y'all shouldn't be doing that. That means that you're just out here hoeing. You're, you no. know, you have, it's your too. You're act. You're being accessible to too many men. I don't like that. The reason why is because now you've taken the power from them, right? Now you're seeing your other choices, right? Now I know that you're dating other people. So now my ego and my insecurities are showing. Instead, instead of saying, yo, I really like you and I want to be with you and I'm going to do what I need to do so that you choose me, I'm just going to attack you because of my insecurities. But, and that's no period, Mac. Right. But in reality, you're doing exactly what men do. They did as much as possible and then they decide who they want to be in exclusive relationship with. So why is it that the rules are different for them and different for you guys? It's because the dating world was created by men for men. Wow. Boo-boo. Boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've already knew that. <laughs> I've been new about the whole thing. player. I see you. No, I'm just, and that's the thing. People think it's a player, but it's not a player. It's just I have options. I don't feel like I need to be stuck on one person. You do not have to explain yourself. Yes, I am dating multiple guys so I can decide who's the best guy for me. I respect that. Game recognizes game. Mm-hmm. Right. So when a man hear that, like, okay, cool. I cannot do two things, show my insecurities and start attacking and start labeling you. So that already tells you that they are very immature and they can't even process their own emotions. So you write that off, right? Or they can say, okay, that's cool. I know that I'm the best fit for you. Now I'm just going to show you, right? Most people think that men will commit to a woman because um, they like you. Mm. No, a man will commit to you when he really wants to be with you, right? A first date or three dates does, does not equal a commitment to a guy. A man will commit to you when he has fallen for you, right? While, while a woman will commit to a guy because he's a nice guy. Like, what? what? That is the determining factor, he's a nice guy. That should be a prerequisite. Actually, you shouldn't have to deal with anyone that is not a nice guy. Yeah. Right? That's true. So in your professional opinion, because you've been doing a lot of work with couples, what is one of the biggest issues with you with seeing how people date in 2020? I think this is the best time to date. Well, I mean, like, not, not, well, I mean, like, the mistakes that people are making. Like, what's one thing that you can say, this is what couples are doing and they should avoid doing this in a relationship? Like, you know, maybe, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of some stuff that well, a lot of people jump into sex. A lot of people don't ask the right questions. Correct. Right. So, I, I, I would, so to, sum, to summarize my answer, I would say that the friendship aspect is missing, right? It's always build the friendship first and then the relationship second. A couple that has a strong friendship, their argument, they tend to argue less, and their argument tends to be less explosive, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're, we're moving too quick. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a chance to know who you are dating, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I, personally, I love statistics because it, t- it, it tells you what you need to hear, mm-hmm. right? So people that get married within two to three years are more likely to get divorced because at that time period, they they are in the I'm in love with you phase, right? 
that's when their blinders are on. That's when they ignore the red flags. They don't really know their partners. Those that wait for four to seven years, they are more likely to have a longer and healthier relationship because they know exactly who they are dating. They know exactly who that person is, right? They, they, and, and it's not in the I'm in love with you phase, it's the I love you phase, right? That phase means I know you. I, I know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. I, I know how you act when, when you're angry. I know how you act when you're hungry. I've, I've gotten to assess your mental state and, and, and your behaviors, and I've determined that I can be with you and I can deal with you, right? A lot of people are looking for love story versus a life story, and those two are two different things. A love story is full of love, full of emotion, right? We see it with celebrities all the time. It's so intense but it lasts a short period amount of time. A life story, so a love story can never turn into a life story, right? Right, but a life story or life partner, that, that is someone that you see yourself going through the ups and downs of life with, that you know you got their back and they got your back. And that can also encompass a love story, right? And that usually takes longer to develop. Like we're, we're, we're moving too fast. Yeah. We're swiping left and right. Like guys nowadays, they don't know how to talk. They're in front of a woman and they got no game. None at right? all. Too much anxiety when, when they're in front of them. It's all, everything is so automatic, right? I had a guy email me saying, um, hey, um, I don't feel comfortable talking to women. I feel very, very anxious and scared. How do I? Step. right practice so my answer was just practice right next time you go to starbucks speak wh- whoever's there say hi to your neighbor when the mailman deliver your mail have a conversation with them. start having conversations with random people stop having your headphones on 24 7 you can't hear nobody not making no eye contact not talking to anyone get out there and start having conversation. So therefore, when you do meet a person that you want a relationship with, you are ready to, you are more able to communicate. I legit had a question in my head and I think it went away because it was something you had mentioned. Um, it kind of went away, dang. Oh, that's so ghetto. I hate when that happens because oh, I know. Okay, so um, so oh my god, what was that? Wait, because it was about the friend, like the friends part, the friendships and the relationships. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed, like, um, with some people that I've dated or whatever, they kind of use that. They'll use that to their advantage. Like, oh, I want to build a friendship first, and it's like, oh, okay, I'm down for that. I completely get it. I understand. But in, in your eyes, you want to build a friendship, but you want to be a friend with benefits, meaning you want to also have sex and do things that people are doing while they're dating and still be friends. And it's like, no, I'm and then three months later, still it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Or <laughs> I was going to say, too, when people are like, we're at a certain age, I'll be 30 in October. So I have friends that are either my age or a little older, even a little younger. They feel like, OK, well. I need to meet a guy and then we got to be dating. And then within two years, he needs to know he wants to marry me. And I'm like, well, 
sense? That don't make no sense. I mean, it makes sense, but it don't. Because, like, you're rushing a relationship so that you can say that you're married. He may want to get married to you, but that doesn't mean he's ready for marriage. Okay. Right? So it's 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 a different ballgame. Like, you you can see a future worth with someone, but you got to build to that future. And, yes, I, 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 I do hear that a lot, that older women feel like um, we need to move as quickly as possible. Like, you need to decide if you want to be with me or not. Right? Again, 50% of first marriages end in divorce, 60% of second marriages, and 70% of third marriages. Right? So, that's all. It's not the partner that you choose. That's the issue. It may also be you. Right? Too often, people are leaving relationships thinking the grass is greener versus identifying what is it about them that is contributing to the toxicity in the relationship and addressing it and fixing it so that that relationship could be better. To me, I, I, I recommend before you get married to anyone, you should live with them, right? You should see how dirty they are, how they, how they act after a long day at work, right? Um, you you, you want to know how your partner is going to add, act, act when she's on her cycle, Right. You also want want to see how your male partners want to act when when they are angry and when they don't get their way or when they are told no. Right. You can't identify these things if you never live together. Mm-hmm. Like when you go on a date with someone, you see their social self, their best self. Mm-hmm. You never see their shadows or their real self, and it takes years and time to identify that takes years and time to notice that so you can determine whether or not that's something that you want to align yourself with or not. What? What you want to say? I'm just thinking. I'm trying to process because... Yeah. I mean, you're giving some really great gems These gems that you're dropping. You're really giving us some gems here and it's from a man who know what he's talking about and not these idiotic dudes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, we are not going to bash guys because I am. You right, you right. I'm not doing that. I said I was gonna stop. Definitely, I'm not advocate. But I have a man question. Ambassador Mac, I don't even know. I'm sorry you didn't know that, but she's a man. I'm not. I've definitely. I have a question for for you, for you for you guys. Right? Um, do you feel like you should? And do you feel like you should be allowed to say no to your partner in a relationship when they desire intimacy? Yes. If you are in a monogamous relationship, is it fair to say no to your partner when they desire intimacy? Well, intimacy can mean a lot of different things. Sex, woman. Sex. If your partner wants to have sex and he's in a relation in a monogamous relationship with you, right? Uh-huh. Should you or your partner be allowed to say no? Um, let's talk about that real quick. Let's talk about that because <laughs> that's I think a good question. in the monogamous relationship, I think there's if I'm on my period, then I'm gonna say no if I, that's what I want. But if because there are some men who will have sex in the period, but whatever, I should be able to say no if I'm pregnant. I should really say no. I do feel like just for me being tired and he's in the mood and we haven't done it in a while, I should not say no because that's what he wants from me at this moment. So I feel like there's going to be um, exceptions to that rule just because as a woman, we have things going with our body. But for the most part, I shouldn't say no. And they shouldn't say no either if, if that's what I want at the time. You shouldn't. 
you better just later then that's the case let me just get on top and yeah i'm gonna say i'm gonna say um i'm gonna say no i mean you say yes I think that I should be able to just say, you know, right now, I, I'm, I'm just, I, I can't. Like, and sometimes, and this is, and this is, I, I don't care about my listeners hearing this because I get personal with them. But personally, sometimes, like, my mind can just be at a place where I'm just not, I'm just not sexually there. And as a woman, when you're, when the mental is not there, we can get as wet as we need to, but it's still not going to be anything because my mental is just not there. N- and I and and I and so I'm I'm very curious to hear what you have to say because I get it and I know that it should be like you know what anytime I want to put this in you I should be able to but I also want to communicate with my man that if you love me and we have this communication I should be able to say no and you can respect that if it's all the time then let's talk about it let's sit down and be like you know what babe you've been saying no for month, about two yeah it's 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 bothering me now but if, if you can say it's bothering you okay but if I'm telling you no and you're gonna make a big hoorah out of it. That's gonna make me feel some type of way because I'm telling you, like right now, I'm just, I, I'm, it's just, it's just not in me. So maybe figuring out how to get it in me, y'all want to rub my feet? Okay. Ask That's bitch intimacy. Wanna, ask the bitch, do she want a bubble bath? Intimacy with your hard ass dick over there. Okay. I just want to. Okay. Okay. So to, to me, um, as a rule in my relationship, we're not allowed to say no to anything. If okay. your partner ever asks something of you, you can't. You, I don't. In my relationship, we just yeah, do yeah. No, right? So I had this conversation with um, with 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 a friend of mine not so long ago, and she asked me, "Should should I be able to say no to my partner when they want sex, and I don't feel like it, or I'm not interested, or or I'm, or I'm upset, or etc." Right? So a monogamous relationship means that. I only have access to you and you only have access to me. There's no other options, right? So if if I'm hungry and this store is closed, I can go to, to, to another store and get food and et cetera. But in a monogamous relationship, there's no other option. Mm-hmm. So you telling me no or me telling you no is technically unfair, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Because I only have access to you and you only have access to me. So if I say no to you, how, what are you supposed to do? Right. Right. Also keep 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 in mind that no is a form of rejection. Mm-hmm. Nobody it's human nature. Nobody wants to feel right, right. Rejected. Right. So which is why I I always have this conversation with, with Mel's as well. Like when your partner does say no to you, you you should ask them how can they accommodate you? Mm-hmm. Right? Or whenever your partner asks something of you. You should ask yourself, how can you accommodate to them, right? Like you said, she may she may not be in the mood, right? But then you say, okay, cool. How how can we accommodate? And she'll be like, okay, um, you could just lay with me and hold me, or let's let's jump in a bu- bubble bath together. Let's let's go for a walk. Let's hold hands, right? No, is is a form of rejection. But this idea, okay, if that's not an option. Let's try to find something else that's been beneficial to the both of us, right? So I may not be receiving 100% of what I want, but I can get 60% of it, and that's better than 0%. And another example would be, um, um, so my my fiancé, I'm trying to remind myself to say fiancé, and, and you know, <laughs> right? um, she, her, her friends were having a party. I don't like her friends like that. 
I ain't trying to go. So she she comes to me like, so we going? I said, no. <laughs> I ain't hanging out with them. Right. So she said, okay, so how can you accommodate? And I looked at her like, so you've been paying attention to what I've been saying. Okay. Yes, Beyonce. So, <laughs> so right, right, right there and then I had to move from 0%, which is a hard no, and be like, okay, cool. Um, it's a four-hour party. I will go for two hours, right? During those two hours, I'm going to be as social. I'm going to be the best boyfriend, the best fiance for those two hours. But once those two hours hit, I'm out. Uh-uh. Ideally, she she would want want me there for the four, for the full four hours. Right. So I'm accommodating by going for two hours, and she's accommodating by accepting two hours. So this way, nobody feels rejected, and we both get a percentage of what we actually want. So I say that concept can also be applied to intimacy when it comes to couples. Instead of saying no, it's say, okay, I right now I am not in the mood for sex, but here are the options on how I can accommodate to you. And me, I could be like, okay, cool. Even though I want sex, I understand that and I'm gonna choose one of the best options that I can be okay with. And that's how you create a culture in which everybody's needs are being met. Wow. Mic drop. Mic fucking drop. You dropped it right there. Because I appreciate that. Because that's something good for just both parties to know. Like, okay, I might want him to do this. And he might not be able to do that, but he made up for it in a different type of way. And we were able to come to a compromise. And I'm happy. I get it. Right. So should you do that? I guess no. I guess monogamy is different. So you should do that while you're dating. Because I had that happen to me recently. And he just was mad. And I said, I'm not in the mood. He was upset. And how can you accommodate? I was do trying you have, do to Do I have to accommodate, accommodate everybody even if we dating? Do I got to accommodate you? Are you accommodatable? I guess you well that, well, that is your choice. Yeah. But I would say that in an exclusive relationship, then you want to have that conversation. Yeah. And get that standard so that when it's time for it, you could just say, Okay, how how can you accommodate? Actually, in my house, there's a wall and the word accommodate is spelled out big, right? So at any time, I can point to it or she can point to it and that tells me how can I accommodate and I'll accommodate. Hmm. I hear accommodating people. Maybe I'll, I'm going to apply all these things you say. Hopefully this works. Maybe in my relationship. Man, it's about the good person. Okay, can we, before we wrap up, please, 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 just make this known to the listeners and for Ace and just for people because I feel like people don't understand this. Regardless of what you do for somebody, you can be the best person, you can be the best individual. If somebody is really not receptive of you, they're just not for you. And I don't, and I think that sometimes like our, where we are, how we're dating might discourage us, but regardless of who I am for a man, you, you like for you, for example, you know, like your fiance, that's, that's somebody you want to be with. That's your wife. Other women, you might have thought about like, Oh, well, how about our future? But then once you really think about it, like, I'm glad I didn't end up with that person. Cause they weren't for me. You see couples come in there and get a divorce, you know? So what, like, how do you encourage people to just keep dating and, and not let the lack thereof of the people that we date discourage us? Me. 
So, uh, I personally do not believe that um, the one exists or your soulmate is out there. To me, that's just Hollywood, right? I believe that there are multiple ones that could become the one, mm. right? If there's millions of people out there, so what would you think on that? Hey, 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 guys, do y'all want to be homeless? <laughs> Excuse me, I'm working. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey. Yeah, so if there are millions of people out there, so why would you only think only one of, the, of those millions can actually be a part of you? So to me, there are millions of people out there that could become the one, right? But you need to get, you need to meet them, start a relationship with them, and teach them how to love you and work through the kinks together so they could become that one for you. Like, I was not the one for my wife. She wasn't the one for me. We became the one for each other, right? So um, people that actually believe in the one or soulmates, it's 70% women believe that there's the one and there's a soulmate out there, right? And those individuals tend to have shorter relationships because they meet that person everything is 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 it's clicking they were god sent it was all energy i was we were meant for for each other our souls recognize each other's souls and they have this beautiful full of love type of relationship and then boom they meet a challenge that they can't overcome that goes against their morals or their values and there's no room to accommodate to it there's no room to reach a compromise to it. So they tend, so they are more likely to actually get divorced, mm. right? Versus some, someone that believes that to become the one, we need to work toward that, right? My wife didn't know how to, how to love me accordingly. We learned that and vice versa. We didn't know how to communicate. Like I was a young black man. You think I knew how to cater to a woman's needs and how to communicate to her properly? No. I had to go and get trained and master that skill set and bring it home and be like, babe, I learned it. We're going to sit here. We're going to practice until we both master. Mm -hmm. right? So we became the one. So yes, there, there are people out there that you're going to meet. If, if you start to feel like they don't respect you, they're, they're, they're violating your, your, your boundaries or they're negatively impacting your mental health, then they are not for you. Right? But if you feel safe with them, you feel comfortable, you feel secure, you feel heard, you feel valued, you feel seen, then that's worth investing into. Comprende? Comprende. Yes, that was good. So before we end each episode, we always give our listeners like an espresso shot. And it's usually like a quote we pull a up or away. yeah, like a you know, pull up or a takeaway. But today we're gonna do something different. We wanna actually give you the time to just leave our listeners with a quote, um, something that can impact them, a positive thing. You dropped so many gems within this hour and a half. So oh we appreciate Lord. it. But just one more quote from you, or we can pull one up from your page. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say um, differences are guaranteed. Conflict is optional, right? You're always going to have differences in a relationship, 
but conflict is optional because that's due to lack of communication skills. So if you learn how to communicate, these differences become a conversation versus a big ass fight where you're not speaking for five days and throwing subs on Instagram. Okay. Nah, I thought I'm so quick. Did you catch that? Did you nope? You didn't catch it? Okay. I thought oh my gosh. I Thank you so problems. much. You were amazing. <laughs> you uh, the amazing. information was just needed, especially during this time in 2020s. Us millennials trying to get out here and learn what we're doing to be the best people that we can. On top of corona shutting down everything. So it's really even hard to just go out and meet somebody. Nevertheless, we appreciate your time. We appreciate your wisdom. And we want to thank you for being an amazing black man in this world. And we know it was hard, but you did it. And thanks for about to be being a husband because us black women need it out here. Okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'm very proud to see two black women that are creating their own platforms, having the conversations that they want to have, and being truly themselves. It's amazing to see its purity, its essence, and it's needed. So on behalf of all black men, on behalf of all therapists, on, on, behalf, on behalf of the culture, we are thankful for you guys and continue to inspire the rest of us. Thank, Thank you. you. We appreciate that. We definitely gonna have you back on, all right? So stay looking for us. We'll talk soon. All right, until the next brew, guys.